1: With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the Business Locker Room. Now, here is your host, Kelly Riggs.
2: Hey, welcome in, everybody. Great to have you here on BizLocker Locker Radio, brought to you by the Business Locker Room. Just excited to be here. Also, we are on Blab. So if you're listening in live, you can go find us at blab.im. Go to the business section. You'll see Tim and I there and Miles Austin will join us a little later in the show as well. Hey, you're listening to the business radio show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use today. Guarantee you if you're looking to improve your business performance, you are absolutely in the right place whether you own a business or Sell a product, manage a team, lead a company. This is definitely the show for you. The people that we have on this show are absolutely phenomenal. Experts in sales like today, Tim Walker will join us. Marketing, social media, business strategy, leadership, and so much more. It is BizLocker Radio, and you can find us online at bizlockerradio.com. You can listen to us live. You can go there and find podcasts. This is episode number 56. I'm sorry, 66. Well, wow, it goes fast, but not that fast, 66, and I'm, I'm really excited, with the super, super set of shows, we're booked up through the end of the year, have fantastic guests on the way, by the way, last week, wow, incredible show last week, Steve Baker joined me from the get, great game of business, and you have to go back a ways to uh, Jack Stack's book, The Great Game of Business, now greatgame.com, that organization has been around for a while, and they talk about Well, it's the wrong terminology they tell me now, but we used to talk about it in terms of open book management. Absolutely phenomenal guest. So you want to do what I do. You want to go online. You want to go to iTunes, and you want to download the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, find it. Just search on iTunes for Kelly Riggs Business Locker Room. It'll come right up. Subscribe to it. Download it to your mobile device. Listen to it on your commute at work. It's so much great content, such compelling conversations. You're absolutely going to love it. This is, uh, again, 66 is the episode. You can follow me on Twitter, at Kelly Riggs. A little bit later, Miles Austin, my good buddy up in Seattle, he'll join us as we talk X's and O's here in the business locker room. And He's got one of these tools out there that makes me nervous because I don't know anything about it. Most of these tools I have heard of, this one I have not. It's called IMGUR, I-M-G-U-R. It is the Internet's Visual Storytelling Community. Evidently, millions of people use this thing, so I can't wait to get the details. Miles Austin, the web tools guy, will join us in the last segment to talk X's and O's. But let's turn our attention to Mr. Tim Wackel. He joins us on the show today. What? If you've not heard of Tim Wackel, you need to go find him. First off, let's spell his last name, W-A-C-K-E-L. He's on Twitter, at Tim Wackel, and you can find him online at TimWackel.com. This guy amazes me. He was the number one representative, sales representative, out of 10,000 people. There are not a lot of people in the world that can say something like that. And by the way, that was something uh, that was said about him by Bill Hewlett and Dave Packard. That's a pretty good company. He's directed a $50 million sales organization for a Fortune 500 company as a consultant. He's worked with Cisco and HP, Wells Fargo, and many, many other kinds of people. He's the founder and president of the Wackel Group, training and consulting firm, that helps organizations find and win and keep customers for life. He joins us on Blab, by the way. You want to be there. Tim, how you doing, man? Great to have you. Great, great. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, first question out of the shoot, not the one you expect. How in the
3: world did you get out of electrical engineering and get into sales? <laughs> you know, that's, uh, it's an interesting story. The short version is um, I thought I was a pretty good engineer, but um, anytime I got around tools, people were in trouble. And so uh, the leadership team approached me and said, hey, you know, we think you're a pretty good engineer, but we think you'd probably be better at technical sales. And so, you know, back then at 25, I thought, okay, what do salespeople do, right? And my impression, Kelly, was that, you know, salespeople show up late, uh, go home early and play golf almost every Thursday afternoon. So I thought, hey, I'm I'm all in, and the rest is history.
2: <laughs> yeah, hey, this sales thing is great, isn't it? You show up at it. noon on you show up noon on Monday. <laughs> you talk to your buddies, drink some coffee, go make a call, and go home. And you repeat until Thursday, and then you go play golf. And then Friday's a the day off.
3: I mean, it's too much. Yeah, <laughs> I really I really wish that was the lifestyle, but unfortunately, it's not been. <laughs>
2: Huh. Well, I, you know I, the reason I ask you that question is uh, guess who went to school to be an electrical engineer? You were really? far better than me. I didn't even finish. I got into differential equations in like my junior year and went, uh, no,
3: I'm out. <laughs> uh, but I used, but I used Diffeq every day of my life. It's such a gift.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm sure you're using it right now. Well, listen, uh, to be number one out of ten thousand uh, is is quite an accolade. It's clearly. You have to work very hard to do very well to earn something like that. Most people, the first question I think they're going to have actually is, "How did you do that? How did you become the top guy?"
3: Well, you know, it's 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 uh, it's it's a lot of the x's and o's, which you said earlier, Kelly. I mean, I think people that are really really great at selling, it's it's getting up and doing the same things each and every day, whether you feel like it or not, and and you just can't do them. You really got to you got to master these concepts. You know, what I like with the world of selling, the world of selling is. You know, the challenges is we're taking never-changing fundamentals, and we're always trying to apply them to an ever-changing world. So, you know, get up early, work hard, know your product, see a lot of customers, ask everybody to buy, know how to follow up. It was just the fundamentals, and a lot of things fell in place at the right time, and I've enjoyed some success along the way.
2: Yes, well, congratulations to you, but I'm smart enough to know and have been doing this long enough to know that it's not just throwing enough stuff up against the wall and hoping some of it sticks. I mean, you, you have to be very good at what you do. If you had to analyze yourself, looking back at, at your own experience and, and your own performance, what do you think made the difference, Tim? Why, why were you able to perform at that level?
3: You know, uh, I, I think uh, maybe one of the top reasons uh, Kelly would be relationships. I, I really tried to focus on relationships a lot. Uh, you know, so one of my early sales managers used to say the uh, the less you worry about the sale, the more you're going to sell. And so I really tried to develop relationships with clients and customers. And I don't mean relationships where it's like you know you take them golfing or take them to a ball game. That's all well and good, but really tried to get to know who people were uh, on a personal level because I felt that if we could get that barrier lowered down professionally, we could do a lot of different things. So I think you know. Putting the other individual first, really trying to understand what do they, what do they treasure personally, what do they need professionally. Try, I think that was uh, a lot of my success. And, and quite frankly, you know, I was a stubborn guy. Uh, I, I didn't get up or give up when a lot of other people would give up. So I, I wouldn't push. But I think way too often today, people walk away from opportunity um, prematurely. They, they just really do. And you've got to have a real. You, you can't be afraid of rejection, and you've got to be able to hang in there. Come. Come thicker or thin, because that's the secret. It really is. I got to tell you, when I'm looking
2: at people like you, t- typically what I hear from them is very similar things: self-deprecation. Uh, you know, I just worked hard. You know, I, I'm again. I've been doing this a very long time, and the top guys in the business are, are really, really good at a lot of things. I mean, they're good in front of customers. They're great planners. They, they typically do have that incredible work ethic and do do incredible things in that realm. But uh, it, it sometimes, as a sales manager, it's really hard to quantify what the really, really good guys do. And frankly, uh, in retrospect, I'm sure you'd probably agree with this. It's why many of the top guys don't really make great sales managers because yeah. they have a hard time quantifying what they do as well, right? Exactly. Well, let's let's uh, let's jump into it. And in, in one of the things we're going to talk about, and you prevert. Pre- previewed rather in the video today for today's show is that what do you do when, when prospects go silent? And I do want to get there and talk about that a little bit, but let's talk about your work as a consultant just for a minute. How, how adept are you in your own mind at spotting number ones? I mean, I, I know there's, there's a lot of art and there's a lot of science that goes into hiring great performers, but how do you feel about your ability to recognize talent and, and really point out the guys that you really feel like are going to be superstars?
3: That's a really good question, Kelly. You, you, you know, I probably get closer uh, a, a, every year I'm around. I probably get a little bit better at that skill. Uh, but a lot of times there's a lot of sleepers out there. You, you know, a lot of times you, you meet the bigger-than-life, outgoing, gregarious six-four guy who played college football, and you think, well, this guy's got it. But that's not necessarily always what the DNA looks like. But, but I think the longer I'm around, and, and a, a lot of the work I do allows me to spend extended period t- of times with reps. You know, the more time you spend with somebody – the more you get to see what they do well, as well as some of the opportunities where they need to be shored up. So, um, and, and again, my job's not necessarily to, to find the top performers. My job is to help everybody behave like a top performer, and that's that's probably the bigger challenge I have when I work with organizations today.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, if you're just joining us, Tim Wackel is our guest, W-A-C-K-E-L. Find him at Twitter, at Tim Wackel, and then online at Tim, Timwockle.com rather. He's got some great videos of his own on his website. And, by the way, I really enjoyed your website. Uh, let, let's talk about the topic of the day a little bit, and we'll, we'll segue into it as well. Y- you mentioned in the video run-up to the show, you said, hey, maybe it doesn't happen to you. I got a kick out of that. But there are times when prospects seem to go silent, right? You've got this great dialogue going, and then all of a sudden, you can't get them on the phone. You can't get them to respond to an email. Had that conversation with a guy this morning. Tim, do we, do we sometimes uh, make our own bed? I mean, sometimes is it things that we've done wrong in the run-up, and, and we're the people to blame for
3: that? I, I think part of it, Kelly, can be the run-up. But I think, by and large, most people haven't been taught what proper follow-up looks like. Okay. And so uh, when I get engaged with somebody, I will ask very specifically. I say, hey, help me understand, what, what, what's your plan look like? You've got somebody in the pipeline. What are the touch points? When are the touch points going to happen? Exactly what's going to be communicated? And, and it's, it's funny because when you ask a rep, when do you give up, you know, when their pipeline is great, when business is good, uh, people give up quite easily because they've got a lot of stuff going on. But then you wake up one day and the pipeline's been flushed. And now you find people following up every day, twice a day, sometimes three times a day, and it's like, dude, you know that's stalking now. And so I think it's really important when we look at trying to keep prospects and clients engaged, we have to have a system, we've got to have a process, and that needs to be built around certain standards or certain analytics that are out there in the marketplace. The, the challenge is nobody's ever looked at it and tried to put together a system or a process around that.
2: Yeah, we got an interesting comment uh, on on Blab. Someone uh, R J G Coach. Uh, pipes in and says, "Hey, follow up uh, are two overused words, you know." And I find that a lot too. There's a, there's a lot of things that we talk about in selling that become sort of trite and mundane and overused. And follow up is certainly one. I mean, that's a big, big, broad spectrum of things that you do in follow up. From you know, just simply doing what you say you're going to do to keeping that conversation going with people. There, there. In actuality, there's a there's a lot of places to go wrong in there.
3: Yeah, there is, and and it doesn't have to be complicated. You know, when we teach follow up, Kelly. The thing I try to get people to think about is follow up has two primary components. Um, there's a message, and there's a medium. And the challenge with the with the messages for a lot of follow up is it looks like this: Hey Kelly, I'm checking in with you. Um, hey Kelly, want to make sure you get the proposal? Uh, hey Kelly, just want to touch base, make sure everything's okay. Uh, hey Kelly, want to know if you had any questions for me? So when when you're messaging mm-hmm. that, it, it, it's it's kind of weak and um, blah blah blah. I mean, it's pathetic, quite frankly. So you have to look at what's the message, and the message should always be based around value. Hey, Kelly, I'm calling today because I just, I thought of something else that we ought to put in your proposal, and I'd love to talk to you about it, all right? So we've right. got to have more value-based messaging. But then the second component I talked about is mediums, and here's what I think is fascinating, or at least I find it fascinating, Kelly, is most reps on the planet today use only two mediums to follow up. Uh, the first medium is they use email. I love email. Email's a great tool How many hundreds of emails are our clients receiving each and every day? And you're trying to stand out in that crowd. Good luck. Right. The second medium I see salespeople using um, is the phone. And I love using the phone, too. But when you call somebody today, odds are you're not going to get a live person. You're going to get voicemail. So so now the light goes green, and you have to leave some sort of clear, concise, and compelling voicemail message. I I challenge people all the time. It's like, would you return your own call? I mean, it's tough to do. And yes. So, if you're going to be good at engaging people, you, you've got to really look very, very diligently at what you're messaging. But more importantly, you've got to have more fun. And, and you've got to be more disruptive with your mediums. You've got to be more provocative with your mediums. And you've got to keep it interesting. You've got to keep them engaged. You've got to keep them involved.
2: Well, I I agree with you. I think very few people actually try to put themselves in the place of the person that they're calling on. By the way, just joining us on Blab or joining us live uh, on the show, Tim Wackel is our guest. You're listening to BizLocker Radio. You can find us online at bizlockerradio.com. But so so few people who are in sales are not on the other side of the table. Having owned several businesses myself, I've entertained salespeople, had to deal with that follow-up process. And most, most business people simply don't have time for the inane nonsense that goes on in emails and voicemail. Hey, like you said, hey, just want to see if you uh, looked at our last brochure or some nonsense like that. No, I have not whatsoever. If, if you're not bringing some value to my business and showing you showing me how I can get better at what I do, you, you, listen, some guy shows up and says, hey, Mr. Riggs, um, thanks for the opportunity to talk. All I got to say is this. I've got a couple ideas that I think are going to help you make more money, make you more efficient, to trim some costs. And that's not just idle words. I'm going to talk to you about two or three people in your same industry I've done it with before. Can I get five minutes? I probably want to talk to you, right? I sure. mean, that's, that's reasonable follow-up.
3: Yeah, it's, 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 more, it's more about you and less about them. Yes. Y- you know, the, the number one complaint I hear, Kelly, it's kind of fun, um, when we deal with organizations and we, and we get this, hey, Tim, you know, the prospect's going silent, prospect's going silent. And, and, and I'll ask, I'll say, well, why, why are you not continuing to try to follow up? And the number one statement by salespeople across America today is the reason I stopped stop following up is because the prospect simply wasn't interested. And my retort to that is, are, are you sure they're not interested? Or is there a possibility you weren't interesting? Because when you're interesting in adding value – I'm not telling you everybody's gonna pick up the phone and tell you yes, but you know, I, I, I send out a, I use the, the mailman all the time, Kelly. So I'm sending stuff out to follow up with prospects. And when they get a gift from me, when they get an article from me, when they get a, a book from me, when they get a little chotsky from me, you know, this law of psychological reciprocity, they're like, doggone it, would somebody please pick up the phone and call Walkle back? You know, he's going above and beyond the noise. He's really trying to love on us, and we either A want to do business with him, which is good Or, B, we don't want to do business with them, and that's okay, too. A yes or no today. Absolutely. Qualify in or out.
2: Yeah. Tell me what you want to do. You know, I'm an old guy, so I remember back in the 80s and early 90s when all we had was mail, and people talk exactly the same way about mail. You know, clients get 100 letters a day. They're not going to open all that nonsense. So you try to find a way to be disruptive and come in the back door. Now, interestingly enough, snail
3: mail is the back door. Nobody gets packages anymore you know when we i've been around as long as you have maybe longer kelly you know back then when the computer said ding you got mail everybody's like high five look i got email <laughs> today today people are like man i got 200 unread messages in my did somebody mail me i mean when i walk into the office and there's an envelope i'm like oh man who sent me something right. i can't wait to open up a box or, or, or a package or a letter because again it's disruptive if everybody's going left you need to learn how to go right
2: yeah, you're listening to Tim Wackel here on Biz Locker Radio. Thanks for joining us. We do it each and every Monday, 3 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Pacific, and now we do it live on Blab. So thanks for joining us, all you guys on Blab. Wayne Elsie asked on Blab, by the way, or he, he makes a statement, try something different, maybe a product of some kind. You know, here's an interesting idea. Uh, my son actually started sending me socks. Now, that sounds crazy, but it's a place called FootCardigan.com, and he's and once a month I get a pair of socks I think it costs him like nine bucks right and he put me on a six month program so you're talking a roughly fifty five bucks to get into something like that I've used that with a number of people you'd be amazed when people get funky socks how they pick up the phone and say Riggs what in the heck what what are these socks I mean I, th- I think there's a lot of those kinds of ideas without getting cheesy Tim I mean it's you're all you're trying to do is as you said be interesting
3: be interesting and, and and you know you don't want to be cheesy but but we often, we often think the minute, how can I say this? I see a lot of salespeople out there that have wonderful, bigger-than-life personalities, but yet when they're working with clients, they become so stiff, they become stiff as a board, and they're trying so hard to be professional that they don't let any of the fun factor get out. And I think, I think being fun is, you know, not again, not sleazy or cheesy, but just being fun. You know, there's this service out there, Kelly, called uh, Fiverr.com where you can go out and you can hire people to do things for you, and, and tip most tasks out there are like just five bucks. Right. So a while ago, I had a client who um, I, I, we, had, we were having conversations, and somehow it turned to, hey, the new uh, Star Wars is coming out, and were you a Star Wars fan back then? And this guy just got all excited about, hey, Star Wars is coming back. This is great. It was my favorite movie. So he kind of went silent on me. I went to Fiverr.com, spent 5 bucks, and hired somebody who does a Darth Vader voiceover, hired this guy for 5 bucks. sent him the script, say, listen, I need you to call this customer, call early in the morning so you roll right into voicemail, and I want you to leave this exact <laughs> script as Darth Vader. And this prospect got back to me immediately that morning. He, he came in and he goes, man, that, that was just brilliant. That was just so much fun. You've got to tell me, uh, who was that? How did you make that happen? I mean, if you can get somebody to call you back for 5 bucks, especially if it's a meaningful strategic opportunity, that's a, that's a small, small dollar acquisition cost in my world.
2: Boy, absolutely right. Tim Wackel joins us here on BizLocker Radio. We're going to take a timeout. Stick with us. Hey, uh, we're going to come back on the other side. Much more of this kind of conversation, how to get people back in gear when they go silent, when you lose them. And an interesting question uh, from Jack Kozakowski on Blab. What are your thoughts on sales professionals writing content or building personal brands, Tim? Think about that, and we'll come back on the other side. We'll talk a whole lot more. Hey, I'm Kelly Riggs. You're listening to the Business Locker Room, BizLocker Radio on Voice America. We'll be back on the other side.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, A Step-by-Step Guide to a Hall of Fame Career in Sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit vmaxpg.com. That's vmaxpg.com.
1: From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. This is Jeff Shore, author of Be Bold and Win the Sale. More great business
2: ideas straight ahead in the Business Locker Room. Hey, welcome back to Biz Locker Radio. Kelly Riggs, find me on Twitter at Kelly Riggs. And, of course, you can look at all of our past shows, see what's coming up very soon at bizlockerradio.com. Our guest today, Tim Wackel, number one out of ten thousand. Absolutely phenomenal success in the world of selling. Now runs his own consulting company at uh, timwackel.com. He's worked with companies like Cisco and HP and Wells Fargo and others like him. Uh, Clearly, he is a guy that knows what he's doing. We're talking about what you do when clients go silent. And by the way, you can join us on Blab, if you're not doing it now, look at doing it perhaps in the future, blab.im on the Internet. And it's kind of like a Google Hangout, except uh, it's just great. You can, you can tweet out what's going on. You can have a conversation going. We have several guests online as we speak. Hey, Tim, uh, a lot of people getting a lot of mileage out on the, the things that you're talking about. Uh, there are people. Gosh, people tell me they can't hear me on Blab. I've got a wireless issue I got to deal with. But hey, t- let's talk more about ideas. You know, there are some ideas that just get people's attention. There's the other sense, Tim, in terms of creating value for people. I mean, actually getting their attention by showing them things that they can do differently. How do how do you how do you integrate that into the into the process?
3: Well, no, that's a great question, and I think adding value and creating that kind of content, I think that's the key to being successful, right? If if most salespeople you work with say, hey, look, I want to be considered a, a consultative salesperson. You know, I want to be an expert in my space. And so my question is, what evidence can you provide me that that shells me shows me that you're, uh, you know, an expert in the space? Uh, because if you, once you get this content put together, I guess this, this is the net-net bottom line, Kelly. Once you get the kind of content put together, then you put together a framework. I'll, I'll just share some interesting statistics for your readers and, and listeners because I think they'll enjoy this. This is, uh, this is quoted by multiple different sources, but plus or minus, 80% of new business opportunities today take five failed attempts. So what does that look like, Kelly? If I just call, if I just call and leave you an initial voicemail, 2% of the time you're going to call me back. If I, if I follow up that voicemail with an email, 3% of the time, bottom line is you've got to have at least uh, five touches before people are even going to start paying attention the challenge, again, though, is most people are like, uh, hey, Kelly, it's Tim. Call me back. Hey, Kelly, it's Tim. Call me back, right? If, if those are your five touches, you have struck out. So my own personal playbook is if I'm trying to get time with you, Kelly, my, my first touch point is always going to be an email. And in the email, we've got an introduction, a quick value proposition, kind of like you said earlier, have worked with other guys just like you, Kelly. This is the kind of results we've had them uh, help them deliver. I've got two specific ideas. If I could get just 10 minutes of your time, would that be fair? Well, I know, Kelly, you're not going to respond to that because right. the, the statistics show. So I automatically know three days after I leave th- that email for you, we send something of value. I've got like different papers I've written. We've had them published. So I'll send you uh, like a sales tip booklet with a little note saying, hey, Kelly, I, I sent you an email last week. You you're probably haven't had a chance to read it, but here's a sales tip booklet I think you might have some great success with. Uh, then my third touch point is I'll wait another three or four days if I haven't heard back from you, Kelly. And then I'll call you real early in the morning. This is where it gets to be just fun for me. So I've already tried twice, and you've blown me off. My third touch point, I call, I say, hey, Kelly, this is Tim Wackel. You know, a week ago, I sent you an email. Maybe you haven't had a chance to look at it. Three days ago, I sent you this sales tip booklet. I hope the guys on your team are enjoying it. Kelly, the reason I'm calling today is I want to share with you a very interesting statistic. Kelly, 80% of new business opportunities today happen after five failed attempts to connect. And, Kelly, this is just my third try. Have a great day. Boom, I hang up the phone. <laughs> People are like, why? why would you hang up the phone? It's like I'm hanging up the phone because you are still not going to call me back. And what I'm trying to instill now is you're going, who is this person, <laughs> right? And so, you know, the next touch point, uh, I'll send out something I call news you can use. Uh, the next touch point, I'll send out a postcard that says, oh, I'll bet you wish your sales reps were this persistent. And so there's my point is this I've got have got a plan so when I first try to reach out and engage with somebody I, I don't wring my hands and go what do we do next I I, I got a plan and it goes right. out to seven different touches every touch point uses a different medium it uses a different message but every time I reach back out I'm saying hey Kelly if you'll recall I've done this this and this hey Kelly if you'll recall now I've done this 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 and that and so you're starting to see a pattern from me that says hey this guy is really trying to pursue me, uh, it might be worth giving him 10 minutes on the phone. Because most guys, like I said, they're one and done. Maybe they try twice and then they, they move on. And I've always believed that as a species, we do a better job pursuing relationships than we do maintaining relationships. Like I've been married 33 years, right? 33 years ago, I was walks on the beach and Barry Manilow music. That's not happening today. So as a sales professional... Thank God. I say is, yeah, Thank God. So as a sales professional today, if you're not trying to wow me, it ain't going to get any better, right? The best best you're ever going to be is when you're trying to woo my business. That's when we need to be at the top of our game. That's when we need to be provocative, entertaining, fun, and engaging.
2: Well, what I'm hearing you say is, like you pointed out, you've got a plan, but there's an interesting mix there of both interesting and valuable. I mean, you you, you've got the pop in and out. Hey, here I am. uh, Get ready, I'm coming back. But then you've also got some things that work for the client, some things that actually provide some value. So uh, the consistency and the real value over time. I know if I'm a business owner and I'm getting that from you. You know, I, I think too oftentimes, Tim, people want to hear the cheesy and try the goofy stuff, but they, they miss the value stuff on the other side too, right? I mean, there, there's a nice mix of that going on in your plan.
3: I like to have a mix because if I did nothing but hit you with content, um, then you're not getting to see the, the the you're not getting to see the personal side of me. You're just seeing the professional side. So when I do kind of the wacky stuff, you're seeing that hey, listen man, I like to have fun. I mean let's let's life's too short. But I'm also combining that with, hey, here's, here's some content, here's some ideas I've developed. I think you'd enjoy them. So it's, it's really not rocket science, but it's just a matter of having a system and a process in place and embracing it and then moving forward.
2: Okay, million dollar question now. You do all that stuff, that's complicated, it requires somebody paying attention. I mean, you can do it with a few clients or prospects, but once you start to grow and really get out there, what kind of methodology do you, what kind of tools are you using? I've had a couple people ask on Blab, is, is it that fancy calendar you've got behind you back there? Is that, is that how you keep track of all this? Hey, h- how do you keep track of all the moving p- parts and pieces
3: in this thing? You know, believe it or not, it's, it's pretty old school for us. I mean, we're not a big operation. We just simply use Excel. I mean, I've got, I've, got a, I've got a running spreadsheet that we have developed, Kelly, and the minute you go in, the minute you enter into that pipeline, everything else auto-populates. Hey, wait three dates, do this. Wait seven dates, do this. Wait four more days, do this. Because we're not, we're not recreating the process. We know exactly what we're going to do, and we're going we're gonna to treat you the same way we're treating another customer. And every 60 to 90 days, we sit down and we look at the process a little bit, and we go, hey, listen, let's tweak this step to be something different, or I'll see a cute idea... Um, You know, somebody was telling me the other day they were sending clients, they had um, air sickness bags, and they had them private labeled, and they were (laughs) sending them out, saying, hey, when your IT network goes down, does it make you just want to throw up? well we can help you and I thought man that's just brilliant that's just brilliant I love those kinds of ideas
2: <laughs> well I gotta tell you man uh, Miles Austin will join me uh, after the next break for our X's and O's segment and he's the web tools guy and I can assure you he's just jotted your name down as a prospect
3: <laughs> so you could expect Miles 80% of new business is gonna require five touches yeah okay. I,
2: I started to say you can expect five touches minimum from him because he's got a half a dozen tools he shared on this show that you need to be using Tim Wackelson joins us. He's our guest. Find him online, by the way, TimWackel.com, W-A-C-K-E-L. There's an awful lot that goes into being successful. When you finally do get in front of somebody, Tim, when you finally get to the moment of truth, all of that work and all of that diligence that you've paid to finally get face-to-face with a guy, it's got to pay off. I mean, you get there and you really have to bring the heat in terms of making an impression and now it's really about value because you've got my attention. You get your five or ten minutes. Where do you see salespeople blow it at this stage of the game?
3: That's a, that's a wonderful, that's a million-dollar question because what I think they do, Kelly, is they finally, they've worked so hard to finally get that five or ten minutes, and they show up, and they can't shut up. Huh. Absolutely they, they, right. They, 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 they Absolutely. show up, and it's like, oh, thank you so much for your time. Now let me tell you how great we are. Let, yeah. let me tell you how many employees we got. Let me show you the map that's got all the little red dots, and I'm like, Really? They don't care. You've already earned the right to be there. Right. Now you need to show up with three or four questions that's just going to rock this customer's world, not mm-hmm. questions like how you guys make a decision or what's your time frame look like. You need to step in there and ask questions that nobody else is asking, questions that uh, disturb and enlighten because you ask the right kinds of questions and, and the client, the prospect, is going to be like, whoa, nobody's <laughs> asked us that before. That's a great question. And now we can start having a dialogue. So that, that would be the number one trap is, don't get in there and just listen to yourself. Get in there and engage with some meaningful questions.
2: Absolutely. In my experience, two huge mistakes that people make one is show up and just talk forever. Yeah, you know, I, look, it's it's kind of to me. What the analogy I have is, it's like going to a movie and they run the movie credits first. They tell you who the director <laughs> is and the producer is. Hey, hey, are we going to get to the movie? I mean, I really yeah. would like to. Yeah, Jack Kozakowski says, show up and throw up. That's a hundred percent right. The other thing is, is they show up and ask a bunch of in what I call interrogation questions. You remember Jack Friday, right? Uh, yeah. Where were you on the night of whatever? I mean, it's just you feel like they've got a spotlight on you and they're asking you questions, Tim. They should already know the answer to. To to me, one of the big problems from from amateur salespeople is they just don't do their homework. You, you on the same page with that?
3: I, you cut out there for just a second, Kelly.
2: Could you repeat I, the I, question? See, uh, the big mistake that I see is is salespeople just don't do their homework.
3: Yeah, well, they're, they're, yeah. Well, yeah. And I don't know if it's lazy or complacent or both. But good. Well, I, well, some of it's as leadership mindset too, Kelly. You know, it's the old "Hey, we need to get 75 dials a day." Yeah, I really thought that was way behind us. But I'm more "Hey, let, let me make fewer dials, but let me do more research around each dial. Let me find out something meaningful about this person via their LinkedIn profile, or let me let me go out and look at the K1s from the company. I mean, let me figure something out." because it doesn't take a whole lot of talent to just recycle the same pitch, right? You recycle the same pitch over and over, eventually somebody's going to want to listen to you, but I'd rather say, "Hey, let's slow down and let's do let's do the homework. Let's do some research. See if we can't connect on a different level."
2: Absolutely. Well, you use the right word, connect, because the disconnect is I want to show up and do consultative selling, but I don't sound like a consultant. I sound like somebody who just showed up with a business card and a product brochure and started asking silly questions. I, I don't see how you can position yourself as something other than a commodity when all you do is sound like a commodity. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, and it gets back, it, it's its the questions. You know, I think in my life anyway, Kelly, you know, I, I don't think you demonstrate how smart you are through what you say. I think you demonstrate how smart you are through what you ask.
4: Absolutely.
3: I mean, you can go see a doctor that says, oh, don't worry about this. We see this all the time. Take two aspirin, call me in the morning. Or you see a doctor that says, well, tell me more. How long has this been going on? Exactly how much does it hurt on a scale of one to ten? Do you feel any difference when you drink milk? You know, tell me, um, you know, have you been eating less? I mean, when a guy starts asking you, you're like, hey, he gets me. Although he's not really shared any insight, you believe he gets you because he's trying to understand your problems, your symptoms, and where you're trying to get to.
2: Yeah, it reminds me of the old Zig Ziglar quote, prescription before diagnosis is malpractice, right? You're listening to the Business Locker Room, Biz Locker Radio on Voice America. We'll be back on the other side.
1: The business community's first choice in internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network.
0: Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com.
1: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
4: Hi, I'm John Spence, one of the top 100 business thought
2: leaders in the world, and you're listening to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Hey, welcome break. Went to a quick time out there as we uh, juggled some technical issues. Have Tim Wuckle back on the line in just four or five uh, minutes before I go to my X's and O's segment, Tim. But you've got a piece on your website that really intrigued me. You talked about five mistakes committed by sales professionals. That's part of the the training you do, some of the things that you cover. Give me me two or three of those. Let's start with some of those. Some of the more common mistakes that you see that you try to correct right out of the chute.
3: Well, number one, I don't think they have a very compelling message. So, so just answer two questions for me. Why you and why now? Right. And, and it, you know, and it's like, just help me understand. If I put you in a stadium full of prospects and gave you 15 seconds, what would you say that would get people to lean in and say, tell me more? So we don't have a compelling message. Um, the second challenge is, Kelly, they, they don't know how to follow up. We've already talked about that. They don't have a system or process in place, and, and their follow-up is not based on value or being disruptive. Um, the third challenge is I don't think most salespeople people know how to ask thought-provoking questions. And they're asking the same questions everybody else is asking, you know, how are you guys going to decide What's your timing look like? I mean, they're just mind-numbing questions. Um, the fourth thing we see is, is, is once we finally get really into the sales process, we don't know how to do presentations. I do a lot of work on presentation coaching, and it, it's amazing, Kelly, how many people are like, oh, we're unique, we're different. Every deck looks the same.
2: Exactly the same. It's awful, just awful. S- and Substitute the logos and colors, and you're good to go,
3: right? You're good to go, yeah. And it's like you said, the first, the first five or six slides are like rolling the credits. Hey, let me tell you all about us. And it's like, well, I don't care about you. <laughs> tell me that you understand who we are and what our challenge is, and then I might be willing to listen. Yeah. So it's, not, it's not rocket science stuff. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like I said at the very beginning of the segment, if you do the fundamentals, you can do them incredibly well. You're going to win more than your fair share.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I I coached kids football for years and years and years, and I used to say, look, we're going to win way more than most people simply because we're going to learn how to block and tackle and run our plays. We're going to get better at what we do. Most coaches are just worried about running plays from the jump, right? They're not focused on the things that will make you better. I know that if every kid gets better every week, we're going to win more than we lose, and we found that 20
3: years solid. Yep. Yeah, and an amazing. Well, and it's it's almost like uh, dieting, right? I mean, there's how many millions of, of books are written each year on losing weight? But what's the fundamental? Move more, eat less. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, just, it ain't that hard, people. Yeah, Come on.
2: yeah. What, what I'm looking for is something that'll do that for me. Uh, I want to be able to sit <laughs> and watch TV and have all that kind of stuff happen. Hey, which kind of leads me into something when you talk about fundamentals. How do you feel about live role play? When I was growing up in the business world uh, in sales, you had to role play. You had to demonstrate to a sales manager or owner of the business that you absolutely could command the product and knew how to do the things we're talking about. People, I mean, it's amazing. It's like, oh,
3: you can't put people on the spot and all that kind of nonsense. Where do, where do you come down on that? Well, I don't, I don't know that it's fair to put people on the spot, but I, I'm a real big proponent of role-playing, Kelly, because people will tell you all day long, I can do this, and then all I want to say is, hey, listen, I'm going to give you a minute and a half, would you just demonstrate for me? I, I just I, I, just, I want to believe you. Help me believe. Just let's take a minute and a half, demonstrate this for me. Because very, very rarely have I met a sales rep that says, you know what? man, I really need help with my messaging, or I really need help with my questions, or I really need help in my presentations. Most reps are like, yeah, man, I'm rocking this, leave me alone. I'm like, well, listen, before I leave you alone, would you just demonstrate for me that you can do the following things? And it's like when we do presentation coaching, one of the first things we do, Kelly, is we do a dry run of the first presentation. So I put a camera on you, I put a wireless mic on you, and I go, okay, you've prepared this presentation, go. And when we play that presentation back and you have to watch it, you are squirming. Because yeah, you're totally. like, oh my gosh, I am not nearly as good as I thought I was. And once we get to a sales rep to that spot, you know, the first, first step is you got to admit you got a problem. <laughs> once we get there, we're good to go.
2: Yeah, no question about it. I, I think most salespeople are comfortable in the fact that they know they can go hide, Tim, because they're t- typically working out by themselves, right? And so a sales manager or somebody doesn't really look and see the things they say and do, the questions they don't ask, the silly kinds of things like that. You know, if you can do it in front of the boss, my, what I say is you can do it in front of
3: anybody. I, I like your chances. I really do. Yeah,
2: I really do. Well, let's go back to something before we get you out of here in about three minutes. I want to go back to one of the most compelling things I heard you say. Why you and why now? Most companies, uh, salespeople, as you mentioned, this to me is part of the role play, is they don't have that compelling message. You know what I hear? I ask people all the time, why should I buy from you? You know what I hear? Oh, we have great quality. We have great service. We've been around a long time. uh, We're the best in the business and all that. That stuff does not move the needle at all, does it?
3: (laughs) No. (laughs) Who, Who shows up and says, you know what? We suck at quality. We just opened the door yesterday. We won't return your calls. We're number four in the market, right? People show up and they all say the same thing. Hey, we're great. We're reliable. Customers love us. We got great products, great service. Why would you say what everybody else is saying?
2: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And the and the sad thing about it, I love what you said, and, and I always go, yeah, you know, hey, listen, just to be frank, we're really not that good. Our product is, you know, it's mediocre. And, and you know, frankly, if you talk about our service, it's sketchy. But we got a great price, Tim. I mean, yeah. we, <laughs> we've got the best price in the market. What do you think? I mean, nobody does that. So if you're going to help people define or articulate what makes them different, what kind of process do you take companies through or individual salespeople through? to define that value proposition?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. What we work people through, organizations through, Kelly, is a a six-step process. And the six steps are basically answering six key questions that are not focused on you but really focused on them. So we get reps to think about, I want you to identify who's the target market. I want you to identify what is it this target market's trying to accomplish that you can help them with. Third step is I want you to identify what are the challenges that are facing that's preventing them from getting these results. Then how how do they look at their emotions? And then why are you different? Why should we move forward with you? And, you know, you would think that answering six questions like that would be a pretty straightforward exercise. We find it almost takes five hours to go through those six questions with organizations because yes. it stirs a lot of internal debate and discussion. Debate and discussion that probably should have been happening a long time ago, but I'm always tickled they call me when they do because it's like, hey, we can stop the madness now and make this make this worthwhile.
2: Uh, fantastic conversation, Tim. Just absolutely great stuff today. And if you've been joining us, you've got a lot of great stuff in your notes already. Tim Wackel, TimWackel.com W-A-C-K-E-L. You want to follow him on Twitter at Tim Wackel, and you can find him on LinkedIn as well. Some of the people on Blab have already done that. Great to have you on board, man. I'm looking forward to doing it again. Just thank you so much for your time and Very sharing welcome. some of the meat with us. You bet. Thanks, Kelly. All right. That's good stuff from Tim Wackel. Hey, we're going to take a time out. On the other side, the aforementioned X's is no segment, my friend from Seattle, Miles Austin, will talk tools and how you can get better at productivity and selling and the things that you like to do. We're going to talk about a product called. Imger. Can't wait to hear about that one. I'm Kelly Riggs. This is Biz Locker Radio on Voice America.
1: The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America
0: Business Network. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit vmaxpg.com. That's vmaxpg.com.
1: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
2: And you're listening to the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly
1: Riggs.
2: Hey, welcome back to the Business Locker Room. It's Biz Locker Radio with Kelly Riggs. Find us at bizlockerradio.com. Fantastic conversation with Tim Wackel. And again, I want to encourage you to go find him. He's a great guy. And he has good stuff, as you obviously saw in that interview. We turn our attention to Mr. Miles Austin, Phil the Funnel Guy, he's on Blab as well fillthefunnel.com, everything you want to know about productivity tools is going
4: to make you better at what you do. Miles, great to have you on board, man. How you doing? Thanks, Bud. I'm thoroughly enjoying the conversation with you and Tim. Wrote some great little notes myself. He's got some great phrases that remind us all what sales is all about. Great shot. Hey, he was fantastic.
2: And I'm a, I am sad to say that 30 days ago, I didn't know who he was. I got referred to him. Somebody uh, called me and said, hey, here's a guy you need to have on the show. Well, I'm glad I listened. Well, first time I've known you to listen. I know you never listen to me. So. Oh, my gosh. This this is what I tolerate every time we do this daggone show. Hey, we got a great tool on tap, and I've been giving you some grief about it. I admit it. It's called Imgur, I-M-G-U-R. Now, according to what I'm reading online, there are millions of people that are using this,
4: so why don't you tell us what it's all about? Well, first of all, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, Kelly. I've heard people call it Imgur. I've heard them call it injure. I don't. I have no clue what it is. It's kind of like GIF or GIF, right? Um, who knows what it is? But look, um, the fact is really simple, and we all have to uh, acknowledge this at this point. Images and video and look and feel is really important in this day and age, and so all of us have a need somewhere online to be able to store and or find images that we can use in our social selling activities in our blog posts, in our Twitter and Facebook and whatever it might be, even if it's just to build PowerPoint presentations. We need quality graphics and it's a proven fact that images help improve the delivery and the remembrance of what we're trying to talk to our prospects and our customers about.
2: Okay, so there's uh, there's different kinds of uh, photo sharing opportunities online. There's a lot of different repositories to go find images and so forth. What makes this one different?
4: Well, right. And, and it's probably to help maybe frame this a little bit. You're right. If you know a Flickr or a photo Bucket or Picasa, there's lots of others out there. What really is unique about Imgur from my standpoint is, first of all, it's free. Until you get up to uh, 225 images, there's no cost. So that's going to save you some money right there. Remember that images usually take up a lot of storage. And so if you're saving all your images to Dropbox, as I used to do all the time, Mm-hmm. Those images are taking up a lot of space and you're paying for that storage once you get past the basics. So that's one example right there. But what really I think is helpful is in many of the cases, when you want to share an image with uh, on social media, let's say, um, the Picassos and the Flickers, et cetera, aren't all able to share to all of the platforms and the locations you want. So if I want to share... Um, a Flickr image on my blog post, I can't do that easily. In fact, in many cases I can't do it at all. One of the unique things with Imgur is that it has two hundred and ninety something, two hundred and ninety and counting applications that it can interface directly and allow the images to be pulled from your Imgur account into whatever other platform you want to share that information.
2: All right, so it's, it's a place I can go store images it's, right? a host, and, it's a hosting
4: app for your images, right. correct. And I, I
2: assume it's a place that I can also get images that I want to use. Is that
4: correct? That's correct. So okay, if you're so looking for a topic, you go in and search Imgur, for, and you can do that for free. And most all of the images on Imgur are free to use for whatever you want to use them for.
2: Imgur. Boy, I'm going to have trouble with that one. So give me an example of how you use it. I know, I know you do a lot of this kind of thing, and as a lot of us do, so, uh, Jack Kozakowski says, okay, Imgur is the real deal. <laughs> that, that's good feedback.
4: Thanks for that, Jack. So, tell, tell me how you use it. Give me an example. Well, two things. There's a lot of times when I'm doing website work for someone where I'm either doing a guest post or something and I want to share an image. I, I need to provide to whatever this platform is that I'm working with, I need to provide a URL to that image, right? They won't let me upload it. They don't want it to be uploaded to that platform. They just want a link so that when someone views this information, that image is going to show up because it goes out and pulls the image from that link. Well, you know, obviously, even though I wish it wasn't so, most people don't have a website. So they don't have a place that they can go and upload images of their own that they just want to share with other people. Um, A lot of times, things like Dropbox, because of security, lockdown, and everything else, or somewhat convoluted and very frustrating for people to just share an image in that way. It can be done, but a lot of people don't have the time, the patience or the understanding technically to be able to do that. So again, I I look at Imgur as really one of those core fundamental tools in your toolbox. It's not that fancy, it's not that um, extravagant and it's free unless you go more than those 225 images. But it gives you an ability to have instant access from your phone, from your computer, your laptop, from the library, if that's where you are, if you've got a device that's connected to the Internet, to get access to the images that you want to share with. I'll also then bring images maybe into one of my editing tools like Canva or Fireworks or one of the tools I use for my image work, and I'll bring it in, I'll import it, if you will, and maybe I'll add some text to it or I'll crop it or do some other work with it to make it something that's really enticing for my audience based on the images I was able to get off of Imgur.
2: Okay, good stuff. Uh, Miles Austin joining us, as he always does, for the X's and O's segment here. We draw it up on a chalkboard. We find some things that are going to make you better at what you do and try to make your life easier. And Over the course of 66 shows, Miles has shared some incredible tools with us, many of which I, I now use and many of which uh, he's almost put me in the poorhouse buying these things. But I have to say, in all honesty, I do get a good return on investment from some of these things. By the way, you did hurt here. Tim Wackel is a craic. He's a great prospect for your work. So you I, you,
4: did you I heard that? it. I was listening <laughs> to it. <laughs> hey, I'm to And you commission. know what? I, I think it was a tremendously valuable lesson it was. for all of my friends that are in the CRM business. Because what he said was all of them out there, and I'm sure he's looked at a bunch of them. Yeah. Everything I've seen out there is too complex, doesn't do what I want it to do in a way that I want to have it do it. Uh, Most people still are running off a spreadsheet. That's just the fact. And I thought, if I'm a CRM tool owner right now and I'm creating a tool, big or small, doesn't matter, get a hold of Tim. Because I think Tim just shared why most people still aren't using a CRM app. It's not because Excel is brilliant. It's the only thing that works for them right now.
2: And, they, and they, they can manipulate it the way they want to manipulate it. Well, I immediately thought of the tool that we talked about last week, right, TellWise. I mean, to me, there was a lot of application based on, you know, how he was using it, follow-up emails, and that kind of thing. He's cl- creating that dialogue, and there, there are ways to really do some different things with TellWise as well.
4: Absolutely. And I, I think, again, a lot of his message today, I think it resonated with the audience because, you know, again, it's one of those things, one or two follow-ups. That Come on, guys, you're, you're quitting way early on the game. Um, you know, I think it's just the fact is we have to have a process. Tim's process is there clearly. It's just in an Excel spreadsheet. Nothing wrong with that at all. I think it just shows you that there's still tremendous room for um, creativity and for solutions to be brought to the market that more and more people could utilize. Well, as we wrap up on Imgur.
2: Uh, clearly, we we know from all the research data that's out there now that you get much more play with a Twitter audience, a LinkedIn audience, those kinds of things. When you're including images, the open and read rates are far greater. What is your experience in terms of the quality of images?
4: Do you do you find it easy to find what you're looking for on Imgur? Do you like what you're getting out of there? Absolutely. Unless I'm working on some real high-profile piece where I'll go pay a few bucks through Photolio or, or one of the other um, high-end services, absolutely. Um, I think just because something's free doesn't mean it's not high quality. There's a lot of great work that's being contributed out there, created and then contributed by others that are on the product. So just take advantage of it and use it, and I think you'll be really happy. Well, let's talk about next week. I know you've got some uh,
2: great tools lined up for us. Uh, what's coming down the pike? What can we expect? Give, give, give me something to work with here.
4: Okay, let me tell you, I, I literally about five minutes into the show went live with the post today, for the product that we're going to talk about next week, and it's called XIQ. 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 It is a powerful tool. If you want to kind of get prepped up and juiced up for it, go to Fill the Funnel right now. You'll see it. Literally just went live a few minutes ago, and we're giving you a special offer. You're going to get some stuff for free. You're going to get a really great value. But I'll tell you what. This is a mobile app that uh, what I write in the article about is it's really a sales multiplier. It multiplies your capacity to serve your customers well. And I think you're really going to like this. This was created uh, by a VIP of sales and marketing um, from uh, the the team over at SAP. He saw what was happening, that all these new tools are generating tremendous leads for our, our salespeople. But how do I How do I digest them? There were so many were being buried. And XIQ is a phenomenal product. I think you're going to be very impressed with it, and I can't wait to dig into it next week. Go to fillthefunnel.com and check it out.
2: Absolutely, fillthefunnel.com. XIQ, man, that, that just sounds good. I can I can't. I, I feel the money coming out of my pocket already. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> uh, he's Miles Austin, and uh, he—you can always find him at fillthefunnel.com. Follow him on Twitter at Miles Austin. That's going to do it for today's show, episode number sixty-six in the can. By the way, next week, don't go anywhere, man. do We have a great show. Oren Clough, he wrote a book called Pitch Anything. If you're in sales or know somebody in sales. Get them on the show next week. Join us on Blab, by the way. It's going to be phenomenal. This guy has got great psychology uh, that he's going to share with us on selling and so forth. And I can't wait to do that show. And many thanks to Tim Walkle, Wackel. TimWackel.com. Uh, W-A-C-K-E-L. Thanks to Michael Sergit, our engineer. Brandy Jackson's our executive producer. And that's going to do it for us here at BizLockerRadio.com. I'm Kelly Riggs. We'll see you next week in the Business Locker Room.